Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. My name is Logan Jones, and today we're going to start trying to do something a little different in season six of the Middle Tech Podcast. So uh, if you've been following along, you know that we've kind of switched our normal Monday format to covering more so broader news and trends in technology, uh, not only in this region, but also just broadly throughout the nation and throughout the world. And one of the things that we definitely want to keep on doing is highlighting founders, highlighting companies being built in this region and just creating awareness around what's going on and keeping everyone up to date. And so one of the ways that I really want to try and do that is by checking in with the founders that we've either already had on the podcast or still doing uh, new interviews with founders we have not talked to before. Um, but I want to kind of condense that uh, that interview format down to a more consumable, higher impact piece of content. So this is the first iteration of that. And we interviewed Synaptech back in July of 2019. And uh, when we interviewed them, we talked all about how they were building a software for concussion protocol management, storing health data around concussions and allowing it to be referenced later on, uh, amongst a bunch of other things around how they were building that company and the market they were going after. And uh, here recently, I saw that they submitted a pitch on our uh, Kentucky tech map for the Investor Connect feature and that they were raising some funds for their company. So I reached back out to Kate and I said, hey, we would love to have you back on to give an update on what's going on with your company. And she came on to fill us in about uh, the new kind of business model that they're taking on with SnapTech and all of the new things that have gone on since we talked to him back in 2019. So we hope you enjoy catching up with Kate and SnapTech and hearing what they've been up to. And as far as this series goes for uh, on throughout season six of Middle Tech, um, we're not going to commit to doing these on a weekly cadence or anything. We really have our plates pretty full right now and are trying to manage everything else that we're doing. But I can promise that we're going to do our best to continue uh, to create as much content as we can around local founders, local companies, and what's going on with them. So whether it's somebody you've never heard from before or whether we're just getting an update from a company we've had on in the past, we want to make sure you guys are able to stay connected to what's going on in this region's startup ecosystem. So hope you guys enjoy. Before we dive in, we just want to get a quick word from our sponsors. Middle Tech is presented by KY Innovation, the Kentucky Cabinet for Economic Development's Office of Entrepreneurship. KY Innovation is currently accepting applications for its SBIR-STTR matching funds program. Kentucky's program is a national trendsetter for providing critical non-dilutive capital to support the high-tech research, development, and commercialization of novel ideas within the Commonwealth. SBIR matching funds have directly contributed to the creation of more than 700 jobs, more than 200 patents filed, and more than $160 million raised in private follow-on funding into dozens of companies relocating to the state. The matching funds application window is open through April 24th. To apply and learn more about support services for companies that want to explore SBIR, STTR grants and contracts, visit kyinnovation.com SBIR. Middle Tech is sponsored by Bolt Marketing. Take your website to the next level with a website that's built to work. At Bolt Marketing, they're revolutionizing websites for small businesses that are affordable, customizable, and hassle-free. Whether you have a construction company, a boutique clothing store, or you own a hot yoga studio, they have options for you. Click the link in our show notes to explore their marketing options that can transform your marketing and grow your business. And as a personal note, Bolt Marketing built our website, and they were awesome to work with throughout the entire process. We highly recommend working with them. All right. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. We are here with Dr. Kate Van Pelt of Synaptech. She is the CEO over there. And Kate, it's been a long time since we last talked to you. It was back in 2019, episode 58 uh, on Middle Tech. So how have you been since then? How's, uh, how's it been growing the company? 
It's been good. It's been, you know, I think a roller coaster, like anyone in the startup world would would say and agree. But a good past year for us. Some growth with new contracts in the concussion space. So landing some big uh, college contracts like Tulane, USF, UCF, and just phenomenal partnerships and relationships with those universities, getting to use Synaptec, our product. And for anyone who doesn't know, we started off in the concussion space making data easier to collect on the sideline so that clinicians can make more data-informed decisions for treating and managing their patients who might have a concussion. Um, But as we look to grow, right, as a startup, you're always looking to grow. As we look to grow into larger contracts, and those would be our hospital systems, larger hospital networks, what we learned were two key pieces of information is Clinically, they wanted to understand how patients were doing outside a clinic, right? When patients come in with a concussion or actually any injury, they get a very episodic, singular picture of how that patient's doing that really may not reflect over the past week or couple weeks since their last visit how they've been doing, right? You could think about if you've had an injury, you know, how the pain or how physically able you've been able to be really fluctuates over that time in between visits. And so that was one thing we heard is they want an ability to monitor how patients are doing outside a clinic. And then, of course, for hospital systems, making money is key. And so they really wanted Synaptec to be a reimbursable service. Mm. Um, And so those two key pieces of information really clicked with us and light bulb went off because we were actually already building a technology that solved those problems. So we were awarded a NSF phase one back in uh, 2020. Um, And that technology we were building there was aimed at actually solving those key issues. So remotely monitoring patient symptoms in a very easy way for the patient by just using their cell phone or smartphone. So rather than having to send manual surveys or really a manual process, just by how you use your smartphone, we were able to develop machine learning or AI model that predicts their symptoms as if the patient was reporting them themselves. And so that's been a really fun evolution for us uh, because it's really opened up a bigger market and opportunity for us. So we're honing in, focusing in on that technology and currently fundraising uh, to expand it to all acute injuries, concussion, muscle skeletal, uh, and bringing that technology to market. That's super exciting. And so just to try to put it in a few sentences for our listeners, When you guys first started the company, you were primarily focused on concussion management, collecting data around how uh, a patient was recovering, essentially, from from a concussion. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. And and Um, Yeah, anywhere from the acute phase all the way through recovery. Yep. Awesome. And then, okay, and then now today, you guys are taking that data and being able to apply it across a range of different uh, injuries and symptoms and things like that. Yeah, the the symptoms interesting for concussion are nonspecific, right? They include everything from headache, dizziness, nausea, uh, fatigue, right? Some information on mental health symptoms. So it's a really broad uh, symptom checklist that actually applies to a lot of other uh, problems and disorders. Gotcha. And you guys are using machine learning and artificial intelligence, which is definitely kind of a hot topic right now. It's, you know, you see uh, ChatGPT and OpenAI kind of all over social media and the internet right now. Talk about how you guys have uh, leveraged that sort of technology to build this product that you guys are building. In what ways are you are you guys using machine learning and artificial intelligence to do what you do? Yeah. 
So I think there's two ways companies use uh, AI or, or machine learning. They either access APIs like Open API or Open AI and Chat GPT, mm-hmm. or they build their own solution. Um, and so what we did is we built our own solution that NSF Phase One. We created and tested over three thousand different custom models to find the best one that that worked for our scenario, um, which is really I think where the most value for a company can be if you have the expertise and the capabilities, right, and have the time to build your own custom model. Um, and so that's what we did. Um, and so we're, we're really pumped about that because not only is it more defensible, um, but it's harder to replicate than just using um, kind of these auto machine learning uh, pipelines or accessing an API to do your solution. Right. Yep, exactly. And uh, talk about that that grant that you have brought up a few times there, the NSF uh, phase one grant. Is that just tell us a little bit about what that is and, and how you, you know, what it allows you guys to do. Yeah, so these are grants by the federal government. So there's different organizations, NSF, and that's National Science Foundation, but also mm-hmm. the NIH, National Institutes of Health, also have these SBIR, which are called Small uh, Business Innovation Research Grants, which I believe I got that correct. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea is that they're funding small businesses, so startups, to do very risky projects that are commercializable. And they go in two phases. Think of them almost like a, you know, friends and family round and then maybe a seed round. The smaller one is the phase one, um, where it's about 250K investment, which is non-dilutive. So super valuable for startup companies at the early stage to develop this risky, uh, innovative technology. And then if you're successful, you apply for a phase two, which is a much bigger bolus of money, uh, usually up to $1 million, depending on the agency. Um, and so a bigger bet the federal government is putting in you. Uh, again, non-dilutive funding, again, valuable. And then the other great thing is Kentucky offers matching programs, which I think you guys right, have also right. discussed as well. Yep. And so you're able to get funds at the state level, similarly non-dilutive, to augment or do additional work in uh, to further your commercializable uh, innovation. And so you mentioned that you guys are just now getting into the fundraising process. Were these grants the primary funding that you've had up until this point? And then talk a little bit about you know getting into the fundraising process and what you're wanting to fundraise for and, and what you want to do with, with the money once you guys have it. Yeah. So we've done a mix of both grants and dilutive funding. So we've had the NSF phase one but we've also received investment from local investors here in the, the area. So Keyhorse, CSC, angel investors, and, and BGA as well. Um, and so a variety mix of dilutive, non-dilutive funding to date that's really brought the and grown the concussion product. As I said, at, at the kind of start of the call, what we're looking now to do is bring this new technology to market and apply it to a much broader uh, set of sports medicine. So anyone treating patients with acute muscle skeletal or concussion injuries. So think PT clinics, your outpatient orthopedic clinics as well. Mm-hmm. And so the, the fundraise there is in support of that. And three major milestones there is the commercial development. So we have the major piece developed in the middle, which is our AI machine learning uh, pipeline. Mm-hmm. But what we need to do is build the more customer-facing interfaces of the native app for the patient and then the portal for the clinician. So those endpoints we have to build out 
you know, to make them a little nicer than our research versions, which are kind of clunky sure. and ugly, um, build those and then attach them to the piece that we already have built out in prototype. Well, it sounds like you've um, got, oh, sorry, did, keep going. Yeah, no, go ahead. Alice, jump in. No, I was just going to say, it sounds like you've kind of built the the toughest part of that, which is like the, the machine learning model, which is the, the part that I would assume truly makes the software uh, defensible and uh, valuable to, to customers. Yeah, that's that's really the special piece, the the secret sauce of it, um, and and so getting that nailed down was a was a huge milestone and achievement for us, and and the rest is a mix of development we've already done with prior products, mm-hmm. um, and then some new new work as well as there always is. Yeah, and you know one of the one of the reasons we want to do podcasts like this to have past guests back on that you know have been building over the past four years is because you probably learned a ton. Um, building this company and, and you know, making uh, what I guess in a way could be considered a pivot towards uh, a larger market opportunity. Uh, first off, talk about just some of the challenges that you faced over the past four years, you know, building Synaptic and, uh, and getting to this point. Yeah, I think one thing we always forget is you're not building things in a silo. So there's environmental factors that are constantly changing as you're trying to build your startup. And in the concussion space, you know, we launched during COVID uh, when, you know, sports actually weren't even going. Um, that was, you know, out of our control. So that was our first big hurdle that that we survived there. But fundamentally, sports medicine it, at the athletic level, right? Think high school, college, um, where we were primary, primarily selling, the budgets and the focus and the priority fundamentally shifted. Mm-hmm. Um you know, a big focus was on concussion, but after that, you know, it was COVID and a variety of other other things. And so the concussion piece got shifted down a little bit in priority. Budgets got hit big time. Where they were spending money, how they could spend money was, was hit. And really, um, the biggest thing we learned is if you don't help people make money, it's it's way harder to to sell and get, you know, the higher ups on board. Sure. I think that's the the biggest learning. As much as it's, you know, clinical benefit, that's a huge win. You get phenomenal, you know, partners that buy in and see the big vision. But if you're trying to look at growth and really expanding the company, you know, helping people make money is is always a win. And whether that's directly, right, by helping revenue or in other ways like time savings or other factors that that are cost savings. Um, I think that's the biggest one um, that we learned and, and really kind of shifted how we thought about building a product uh, for this kind of second wave of technology we're building. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably great advice to an entrepreneur. It's like you can build an awesome product, but if you can't get somebody to come in and buy it, essentially, if you can't sell it, then uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have a hard time. Um, talk about you know specific specific to building here in Lexington or in Kentucky rather than uh, just Lexington. Um, what's been your experience? You know whether it's been working with uh, the government to get those grants that you mentioned, or whether it's been the research that you did at the University of Kentucky. Uh, just talk a little bit about your your local experience building a company here specifically. Yeah. Um, so the first thing, um, it probably everyone would probably guess we did the research at University of Kentucky, but we didn't. Um, so they were they were not involved. They've okay, uh, gotcha. the boot camp and other programs have helped us in a lot of different ways, but uh, the research was completely done by uh, Synaptech uh, internally, and then. But the community here has been good. So all of us are local in Lexington. So all of our hires are Lexington-based. So there's four of us 
my two other co-founders, Doug and James, and then our uh, full-time developer, Rachel, as well, who's also a product of the developer bootcamp run at Awesome Inc. Mm. And so we have this interesting and good pipeline and and uh, team here locally based, uh, which is a big value add for us being so early um, that you're able to work so close together and uh, just have that community and and build and make changes quickly as, as it happens in a, in a startup and not have to worry about time changes or, you know, you know, whether that's East West coast or across the world. Um, and then the other pieces that have been valuable are of course um, the bootcamp at a university of Kentucky launch blue, and then the um, Kentucky matching funds mm. as well. So there's a lot of variety of different resources here in the area that, you know, if you're able to, seek out and find you could definitely leverage as a as a startup for sure and what advice would you have to any aspiring entrepreneurs doesn't have to necessarily be in kentucky um if you have some local advice that'd be great but just uh as a founder in general what are some things that you've learned along the way that you think would make good advice to pass along to the next generation of entrepreneurs yeah i think two things one that might be relative to you know this this local area you know, when you're looking for people to join the team or, or looking for talent, you know, the the resume and, and CV is is one thing. But I think what's also really important is looking for the capacity and the interest to grow. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, it could be hard to find talent here. It's just a smaller region than your more densely populated areas of the coast. Um, so it might be easier to find talent there. But you might have it in your backyard. Uh, you just might have to look for it uh, in a different way. Um, and then generally for any startup uh, founder or anyone looking to do it, um, biggest thing is you're going to have to roll with the punches. You could have your highest highs and lowest lows all in the same day. Uh, there's, there's, you know, you don't always see it coming as well. Um, so keeping the big picture, why you're doing it, um, where you're trying to go is, is you know, the best thing to do, but definitely hard to do some days. So just, just being aware that, you know, it's going to be a roller coaster, but as long as you're passionate about what you're working on, then um, hopefully at the end of the day makes it all worth it. Yeah. I can relate to that pretty, pretty hardcore. I'm at a early stage startup myself right now. And you always hear the term, like oh, a startup is a roller coaster, but until you actually get in a startup and experience what that, what that what is actually like, it's uh it's something that you have to have, um, I'd say like a lot of emotional maturity for it or a lot of emotional tolerance for it maybe. Maybe just like thick skin is a good way to describe it because it really is with an early stage company where you're just kind of figuring things out in a lot of ways as as you go, figuring out product market fit. You have to have some tough skin to to get through that and continue to persevere. So I think that's excellent, excellent advice. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it there talking. Yeah, and just yeah, made me yeah. think of something too. It's it's like this rational confidence. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking about it now as we're fundraising. You know, you have to be the one advocating for your company and, and have this this confidence. But at the same time, you're also listening to the world and the signals, whether that's customer discovery or investors, mm -hmm. of where you might be wrong in, in your assumptions and in your decisions. And so it's an interesting balance of uh, listening, not listening, uh, and finding, <laughs> you know, the right signals to listen to. Yeah. And good luck deciding which of those to ignore and which of those to to really latch on to that's the the dance of entrepreneurship yep yep that'll be my new next uh ai product <laughs> i think it'll make a lot of money if you can figure that one out um but you, yep. you mentioned there and just kind of having an idea of where you want to take things into the future talk about now that you guys are addressing this broader market with SnapTech, 
what is the you know the broader goal, the broader vision for where you want to take this company? Where you, where do you see it in the next five years? Yeah, so I think really honing in and zoning in on this uh, muscle skeletal space. So it's a pretty big problem in the U.S. You know, initially we're focused on acute injuries that are resulting from sports, but chronic muscle skeletal injuries are a massive problem. Roughly one in two people in the United States are suffering from one of those who may or may not seek treatment or have the ability to seek treatment. And so what we're really excited about is initially how we could help patients and with, you know, acute injuries, but broadly, how do we fundamentally change access to care and care delivery mm. um, surrounding, you know, acute and chronic injuries? So especially people in rural communities where it's hard to travel into clinics, um, how do we get them access to care and services remotely? Um, provide them with monitoring. So they only have to make that two-hour drive to clinic when they really need to. And so really driving the efficiency of that care and triaging those higher-risk patients that need to come in sooner or you know, delaying the ones that are doing better and, and can be seen later. And so changing that care delivery model, but also the access. So providing people more access uh, to care that it might be, there might be more barriers uh, to having it. Yeah. I, I love the access part of it. I think that that's probably one of the, I guess, good things maybe that came out of COVID is everything kind of shifted to this online and everyone became a lot more comfortable with like online, uh, whether it was medicine or education or any of those sorts of things. So hopefully that's a, a good tailwind uh, for you and, and your company as you continue building into the, what's this uh, this new new normal that we found ourselves in. Um, but as, uh, as we wrap up just kind of this update here and, and catching up with you on where your company is, uh, tell us if there are any ways that a listener could could help out your company or, uh, you know, we get a lot of investors, founders themselves that, that listen to this podcast. What are some ways that the community could could help support you? Yeah, so I think there's two, two big ways. Um, so we're constantly doing customer discovery. So if you're someone that helps treat uh, patients with a muscle skeletal injury, definitely go check out our website, synaptech.io. We have a survey on there that we want to hear from you. We're continually uh, evolving and, and listening to make the product as, as best as we possibly can. So your feedback at this early stage has a much bigger impact down the line. So if you're a listener that helps treat those patients, definitely go check us out and uh, go fill out that survey. And then investors or, or founders, if you know anyone in your network in this you know medical space, but maybe also care delivery space that's interested, we're, we're actively fundraising and, and looking to, to close out our fund as soon as possible so we could get to the fun stuff and get to work. There we go. Love it. Well, good luck as you guys continue to build. Good luck with this fundraise. I know that that's a little bit of a, a grueling process, but um, wish you guys the best of luck there. And if we can do anything to help out, just let us know. So thanks for taking the time to come back on and update us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Logan. Right, see you, Kate.